Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 32 of Walk On Radio Humph. Man. What a weekend we had. Before we get into that, though, how are you feeling? Uh, well, like you said, what a weekend we had. Um, you said that we would get to that, but uh, I'm going to bring it up now, Dalton. The Sam Houston State Bearcats. I, you know, I, actually, someone I want, I want to bring up something from something that someone said to me today. They asked, we love Walk on Radio, but why don't you guys talk about Sam Houston State more? Mm. And this was my answer. This is my answer. Well... <laughs> You know, we want to be professional. Obviously, we're going to be biased uh, towards anything Sam Houston because obviously we're Sam Houston State football players. So we want to be professional. We want to have, have you know kind of a national outlook on on things, especially FCS because that's kind of what's going on right now. And we've we've uh, we've kind of taken a run with it. It's been fun. But for this next thirty seconds, Dalton, I'm going to brag on Sam Houston State. <laughs> Sam Houston State, they didn't beat number seven Nichols this week. They didn't beat them. They absolutely dismantled Nichols this weekend, and it was it was glorious to say the least. What a what a roller coaster of emotions! Uh, you know, if you watch the game, it was it was a big dip right at the beginning. It, things weren't going great, and then it was the highest, tallest, scariest mountaintop of a roller coaster you could possibly imagine. Seventy one to seventeen, Sam Houston State absolutely dismantles. The Colonels this weekend, Dalton. What 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 do you think about the game? Man, it's crazy because you know we talked about it on the air. We've talked about it in private. Of man, this is going to be a close game. It might come down to the wire. We might have to have a two minute drill to score to do something real quickly. And uh, like you said, the beginning of the game was a little rough. We we start off a little slow. They they came to play, but man, something clicked, and we went really crazy. What a game. What a game for our boy, Eric Schmidt. He came on the show. We asked him how Nichols was and how he's going to prepare for it. He said he was ready to go, and look what he did. Man, and, you know, we talked about how good our offense was. What about our defense? Two touchdowns from our defense by themselves, and then, of course, the offense went after it. Huff, let me ask you this. So we can be a little biased because these are our boys, but Eric Schmidt, are we putting him on the Walter Payton Award watch list? Oh, he's absolutely on the watch list. Uh I've got some stats for you if, you, if you'd like to hear them. Of course. Okay, so I was doing some research last night, and, you know, it's early in the season. So, again, it's a watch list. It's not a prediction. Um, but Eric Schmid is uh, number one in the country for yards per completion, okay? Eric Schmid is number two in the country for QBR, okay? Eric Schmid is number one in the country for yards per game thus far, and Eric Schmidt is 17th in the country for passing yards, okay? Now, that's not that's not anything crazy, but let me say this. Of the top 20 listed, Eric is the only one that has played two games, okay? Everyone, is a, everyone else has played more than two games. That also is taking into account the people that have a full fall schedule, so SFA, Central Arkansas, teams like that. And, and for Eric to be 17th already... It's just unbelievable. Yeah, we've had a great start on offense, and hopefully we keep it rolling. Another player I want to ask you about, and you probably have a better perspective being a receiver, is Jaquez. I mean, what a great pickup Sam Houston gets by having him. How is he for the receiving core? And, man, what a special player he is. Well, he's he's, he's freaky. Um, he was South of Conference Player of the Week. Uh, he has six catches on the season, Dalton. Three of those have gone for touchdowns. Wow. That means that... Half the time he touches the ball, he scores. And that's, 
you know, I'm not saying that that's going to hold up. Uh, obviously, I hope he has a lot more catches, but that's just that is that is an unbelievable amount of production. Uh, you know, we both we both were around. Uh, you know, the Davion Davises, the Nate Stewarts, NFL talent like that, and and honestly. I think Jaquez Ezard is is in that category. Uh, just, I mean, his, you know, his body control, his ball skills, what what he does with the ball in his hands after the catch. I mean, the dude. I'll say this: I think he's probably a first team All American this spring. Wow. When it's all said and done, I think he'll probably be a first team All American. And he's already on the right track. And what the cool thing about Sam Houston is that he's not the only receiver we have. No, we have Ife Day, we have D Bowens, we have Dwayne Ingham, we have Chandler Hardman. We even have Ryan Humphreys. We have so many good receivers that we can keep throwing around. We have Eric Smith. And then we have our backfield. Our running game is really good. But, you know, enough about our offense. Talk to the t- people about the defense. Jahari K. What, a, out there what a game, game. for Jahari. And uh, what a great comeback from, you know, the Sealy game where they gave up a lot of points. In this game, they just put out a complete shutout. Well, I think I think that, you know, you and I talked about it a lot. That Sealy game is a lot different if, if their quarterback, Cole Kelly, isn't as big as he is. Uh, you know, we got to him a lot, but, you know, he kind of had a Ben Roethlisberger type body where he could just take hits and still get passes off. And that seemed to be our kryptonite that that first game. But this this last game, you're going against Lindsey Scott, a former LSU quarterback, uh, a former national championship JUCO winning quarterback at Last Chance U, a former Missouri quarterback, and he was non-existent. I mean, I mean, let's just be honest. I, I think I was telling Eric uh, we we had a conversation. I said that you know this we could we can probably go back to this game at the end of the season, um, and 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 you know usually the quarterback is a star player of, of the best teams, and that's usually who wins player of the year. Well, if you go back, Lindsey Scott versus Eric Schmidt for player of the year, it's a no-brainer. I mean, Lindsey, I mean, obviously he's great, uh, and I think that – I think I don't want people to think that Nichols isn't good. Um, I think that the score obviously is misleading to their talent. But let's not forget – okay, they got Lindsey Scott. Their running back, Julian Gums, is, is awesome. The week before, he had 160 yards rushing against Northwestern. And uh, Dejon Dixon, he's an NFL combine receiver. If, if you and didn't know, he was know making that. some plays. Oh no, he yeah he he was the best player on the field for Nichols, I, I think undoubtedly. But you know, just I mean, our defense is just uh, it's unbelievable. The front seven played their tails off, and, and, and the McCollum twins, as well as Cam Alexander, Isaiah Downs, you know Trey Smith, Braden Clopton, all those guys. They just, I mean, man, I, I, don't, I don't. It's going to be tough to beat Sam Houston State if the defense plays like that because. The offense is the real deal. Yeah, people were kind of worried about the secondary with how good our front five is, but uh, we really proved that we can do it. Jahari K, I've had to block him through training camp and through spring ball, and, man, he is tough to play against. He's a really good guy, really good competitor. And glad he got the defensive player of the week for the Southland Conference. Really cool. And, uh, you know, we always talk about special teams and Humph. You had yourself a little moment out there. I did. walk-on radio recovery. You picked up a, a, a drop kickoff. A really cool feeling for walk-on radio. And uh, it was a big momentum shift. It helped the offense score. And uh, how would you feel getting that fumble recovery? Well, Dalton, I think now, you know, we always talk about me being versatile, playing a lot of different positions. I'm really just trying to get all my boxes checked of cool plays that I've been a part <laughs> of. You know, week one, I got my first career tackle. Week uh, our, our second game, I'm – I'm picking up fumble recoveries on the kickoff team. I mean, what's going on? Uh, but awesome moment. You know, we were all nervous at halftime. We didn't. We had a 20-point lead, uh, and we didn't want to give that up. You know, we knew what this game meant. We come out. We said we needed a score. We got one. 
We go to kick off uh, after that score, coming out of halftime, and I get the fumble recovery. So we're spotted 14 points, you know, right out of the gates. And and you know, to be honest, Nick was just quit, and and that and that was that. Yeah, so they got a tough game next week, but uh, so do we. We were playing Lamar. We're going to give you a little preview for it. Of course, we're not going to do a pick em because, of course, we have picked Sam Houston. We're going to pick him every <laughs> week. But uh, Lamar, maybe not as tough as Nichols, but they are a really tough team. They've been hanging in there, and they have a brand-new young coach who is ready to ball and ready to win. So, Hump, talk to me about, about this next game and what we should be prepared for and what the people should be prepared for. Well, this is the perfect um, hangover game, if you will. You know, Sam Houston, they just beat Nichols, okay, a, a top 15 matchup. That they obliterated them. So, you know, Sam Houston, they're feeling great. Um, Lamar. Not as formidable of a foe as Nichols, I would say. But they just got an overtime win at McNeese, which you and I both know that's a tough place to play. So they're feeling good. And, you know, to be honest, Lamar has been a bit of a of a nuisance for Sam Houston the last two seasons. They've, they've beaten the Bearcats two years in a row. Um, so it's a trap game if there ever was one. Um, uh, like I said, you know, I think Sam Houston is – is you know they're better than Lamar I would say but this is definitely no game to to slack on Lamar is young I think they have 51 freshmen on their roster so they're going to be a week to week learning um you know procedure and and I think week to week they're going to get better yeah, they're going to slowly get better even throughout the years. You know, I said it in the fall about SFA. They have so many young players. I think eventually they're going to become a really good team. Lamar is in the kind of same situation where they're playing a lot of freshmen, and eventually they could be really good. A true test for us, too. This is going to be our first back-to-back game in the spring season, yep. and yep. we have to, with all the corona rules, we have to leave on Saturday and play on Saturday. So that's going to be our first away like game. high school football. Yeah, yeah. Be get, getting off the bus and getting straight to stretch. It's going to be weird. We've done it before, you know, in high school, but first time in college, it's going to be a real test to see how that works out. Yep. It's going to be a fun game. We'll talk to you about it next week, and we're excited to tell you the results. So next up, we have something else to talk about, Humph, and we were meant to talk about last week, but we missed it. It's kind of important to us because you're the big XFL guy, yes. and there's some big news that's happening. So, Humph, why don't you tell the people what is going on and how do you feel about it? So this is uh, this is completely speculation. You know, you, me and me and Dalton just kind of kind of making up scenarios. You know, what could this mean? What could that mean? But there was a there was a tweet, there was an announcement that the XFL and the CFL, the Canadian Football League are in talks of some type of merger. Um, so, you know, what could that mean? Could that mean complete merger? Could that mean an XFL champion versus a CFL champion for the, uh, I guess, you know, not the Super Bowl, but like the <laughs> uh, the less than Super Bowl, something like that. But who knows? I mean, I think it could be good for both sports. I think both have a, uh, you know, a good fan market. I know that I really enjoyed the XFL last spring before Corona took it away. I'm, you know, big Dallas Renegades fan. Mm. I know you're a you're a Houston Roughnecks fan. Uh, the first inaugural champions. Oh yes, PJ Walker. Oh, I, oh yeah, PJ Walker. Rest. I mean, dude, that that guy, that guy's a stud. He's an XFL legend. But yeah, who knows? Uh, I'm sure that in the next year or so, we will we will kind of let that unfold. And 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 I think right now we're seeing that year round football isn't isn't that bad of a deal if they decide to play in the spring. So let me ask you this. Which out of the two do you think is more realistic, that the XFL and CFL combine into one big league or they kind of they work together and, like you said, they have the XFL champion and the CFL champion? But could you see them becoming, becoming one big league? 
Ah, man, I think somewhere in between both of those scenarios. I don't I don't think that you can do an XFL champion versus a CFL champion because of the rule differences. You know, if you don't know about the CFL, there are there are different rules in Canadian football, you know, the field they're different dimensions. Uh, the goalpost is actually even with the goal line, which is different. Uh, one receiver can get a head start while running to the line of scrimmage, so that's that's weird. There's actually there's only three downs mm. uh, in Canadian football, so you know you you would probably have a rules barrier if you did something like that. But I also don't think there would be a I don't know. I mean, with a complete merger, here's what I'm worried about. I know that the CFL is really important to. You know, Canadians, uh, they have roster limits with how many uh, Americans can can play on the team so that, you know, Canadians have opportunities to play in the CFL. Um, But, you know, the XFL is going to be an American market. And so I don't know. I I think I think somewhere in the middle of, of those two scenarios you just gave me. But I definitely think that it could be it could be a good thing for both. Yeah, and I think the two the struggle that comes with this too is that if you're the XFL, you have to travel to Canada almost every week if yep. they become a merger. And yep. XFL doesn't make that much money. It's not the NFL, so are they going to have the budget for it? There's a lot of questions, especially the rules you said. There's a lot of different problems that could uh, come about, but it'd be really fun, really interesting. We know The Rock; he owns the XFL. He's working oh, really I think hard. That's going to be great. Making some moves, and uh, I'm glad the XFL is coming. A lot of it's a good thing for FCS players too, because not a lot of FCS players get the chance to go to the NFL. So the XFL is a great way to prove yourself 100%. and maybe even jump up to the NFL 100%. if they want. Uh, we've seen it before, and hopefully we'll see it again in the future. But enough of that. We have some more news, and we all saw it. Sad day in the NFL as uh, Drew Brees has Man. finally announced his retirement. He waited until the same date he signed with the Saints. Was it he signed with the Saints or was it he signed in the NFL? Uh, it's it's 15 years to the day that he signed with New Orleans. Man, so Humph, talk, I know you, you're a former quarterback. You probably looked up to somebody like Drew yep. Brees. Yep. And uh, you called it. We all knew this was coming, but uh, what's your reaction to it? Well, you know, he's, he's a true professional. He's... Not only is he a Hall of Fame quarterback, but he's a Hall of Fame teammate and a Hall of Fame person. You know, what he did for the city of New Orleans, you know, during uh, Hurricane Katrina and just all the aftermath of that. What what he did for that community is just really inspiring. And, you know, we're losing a good one. You know, the Peyton Mannings, the Tom Brady's, the Drew Brees, Brett Favre's, guys like that, you know, just, I mean, just absolutely enshrined in in football lore I mean you know those are those are the guys that you and I will tell our kids about and you know that hopefully they'll tell their kids about but I you know you and I are kind of getting to that age Dalton where the people that we grew up you know when we started loving football the people that we grew up watching are ultimately retiring Mm -hmm. Uh, you know in the next couple years those guys will be gone. There, there, you know, there there won't be a Tom Brady. There won't be there won't be a Big Ben. Um, God, those might be the last two of, of kind of that Philip Rivers, Peyton Manning, yeah. Drew Brees era. I think it hit a hit for me. The first two quarterbacks that retired, I was like, wow, like those are my people. I grew up watching was Peyton Manning and Eli Manning because mm-hmm. uh, I remember watching those guys when I was younger, not really knowing who they were. But once I finally started realizing what football was, and those were the two top guys. And once Peyton Manning left, I was like, wow, we are starting to lose them. And uh, now Drew Brees, one of, one of the best to do it. Let me ask you this. I think I know the answer to this. Will number nine be retired in New Orleans? And will Drew Brees be considered the greatest saint of all time in the end of the road? Oh, he's, he's yeah, number nine is, is absolutely going to be retired. And he's already the greatest saint to ever live, I think. I mean, I don't – I mean, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say that I think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. 
but statistically, he is the greatest quarterback of all time. And, and so, where where would you put Drew Brees? Is he top five, top ten, top fifteen? Or he's top, top ten for sure. Um, I'd, I'd have to sit down and look at it for me to say he's top five, but I, I don't think that the NFL all time leading passer can be outside of the top ten. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think how many Super Bowls should if if he won two or three more? Is he, he a top the, five top conversation? Absolutely, he he could he could potentially be in the goat conversation if he if he won you know three Super Bowls. Man. I think. Now you know we're talking about Drew Brees and we're talking about the Saints. So, who is the Saints' starting quarterback next year? They reconstructed Taysom Hill's contract. Jameis Winston just got an extension. We're going to talk about free agency in a little bit. And I read a report that the Saints are very high on Sam Ellinger. We've been talking about it a while. We like Texas. We like the Texas quarterback. <laughs> Apparently, they're very high on Sam Ellinger. He's very similar to Taysom Hill. We could see something like that. But, Humph, who is the New Orleans State's starting quarterback? Yeah, I mean, yesterday I, I would have said it's definitely Taysom Hill. Um, and, you know, rest in peace to uh, Alvin Kamara fantasy stock, if that's the case. <laughs> but then, you know, they signed Jameis Winston to a one-year $12 million deal today. So that makes me think that Jameis is going to be the guy. And they're kind of They're going to use Taysom as they normally do, kind of the wildcat package, tied in, you know, goal line work, stuff like that. But, you know, talking about the Sam Ellinger comment, I think that you and I have said that before. We've said that he is – well, okay, let me, let, me, let me rephrase that. We haven't said that the Saints were interested in him. We've compared him to Taysom Hill is mm-hmm. what we've done. We've said, you know, he's not as good of a runner as Taysom Hill. He's not as fast as Taysom Hill, but he's probably a better arm talent than Taysom Hill. But I think their body types are similar and, you know, their 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 play style is similar. Sam likes to run the ball. Um, but, you know, if they don't think that Jameis is necessarily the long-term answer, then, yeah, maybe maybe getting Sam fourth, fifth, sixth round is, is not a bad idea. So are you saying that Jameis is probably going to be the undoubtedly first-string quarterback? you think there will be a quarterback battle in training camp to see who is going to be? I would say that he's he's going to be the starter. Uh, I think, and you know, I've said this all along. I think Taysom Hill is most successful with the element of surprise. Uh, you know, I think we saw in the season that you know when he was starting each week. Um, I, I just I don't know that he was as effective. But also, Dalton, let me say this: James Winston was on the roster last year, so when Drew Brees went down. Why wasn't Jameis playing? Mm-hmm. You know, was it better for the Saints at the time that they had Taysom, or did they truly just want Taysom to be the starting quarterback? Those are those are things that we don't know. Uh, I think this post Drew Brees era, we will find out. But my biggest worry, and, and you know, I know I'm being fantasy football biased here, but I think that Taysom Hill as the starting quarterback for the Saints diminishes your your best asset for the New Orleans Saints, and that's Alvin Kamara. I mean, look at Taysom Hill's contract too. You don't pay somebody that much money if you're just having them play, you know, tight end, receiver, running back. So it's looking like they are setting him up to be the next quarterback. I mean, dude, Dak Prescott just got a four-year, $160 million Mm. contract. Taysom's is four-year, $140 million. Man. $20 million less. Yeah. And a lot of people said Sean Payton really likes him. So it's kind of looking like Taysom, they might compete. You know, Jameis Winston is a great backup, but he could take the starting role. A lot of things could happen. They could still get another quarterback we don't know yet. So, Humph, I'm now going to let you have your little free agency corner. You know, rest in peace, fantasy football. It's not here yet, but here it is. Your time to talk about some fantasy football. A lot of stuff has happened today. Some big news and uh, some stuff occurring. So, Hump, what is going on with NFL free agency? I'm I'm going to throw it right back in your face and uh, 
you tell me about what the Green Bay Packers are doing today. I know, I know you lost lost some of your boys today. Well, before we talk about who we lost, we did re-sign Aaron Jones. I don't know if we yep. talked about. We didn't talk yep. about it last week, but uh, he finally got paid. We we figured it out. We, we got didn't the talk deal. about that. Yeah, didn't yeah that, that happened. That happened in between, in between episodes. Okay, so rest in peace, AJ Dillon. Next yeah. season, <laughs> you know, we were talking about how excited we were for AJ Dillon, but Aaron Jones did get signed. He's with the Packers. He's staying. And, uh, you know, I don't know how you feel about overpaying running backs. It's a little difficult situation for me because it's kind of hard when it comes to the running back position. But he's more than a running back for the Packers. He can catch. He can do so much more. But unfortunately, by re-signing Aaron Jones, we lose Jamal Williams. He's a great running back and a great teammate. Everybody loved him. But, you know, it seems that we're sticking with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. But the bigger news is Corey Lindsey. It looks like we're not going to be re-signing him. And it sounds like he's going to the Chargers, which is great for the Chargers. He is an all-pro center. Highest-paid center in the NFL. And he deserves it, but he was asking too much in what we have. We do not have cap space. We're in the negative. We've had to restructure a lot of players' contracts just to get Aaron Jones. So I don't know what moves else we can make. It's looking pretty rough for us. And losing Corey Lindsay is big time. We have a couple of rookies that we've been really excited for to move into the starting roster. So I'm excited for the Packers. I'm glad we have Aaron Jones and Rodgers is back and still doing his thing. So I'm excited. This is not big news. Losing Corey Lindsay is pretty big, but we got Aaron Jones, and that's what's important. Here's here's the thing that I'm going to say about the Packers. In, in, in you know you talked about paying paying running backs big time contracts. Here's what I'll say. I think if you're the Green Bay Packers, you need to live in the now. You need to make decisions based off of. Okay, this is how much I have left with Aaron Rodgers. Okay, this is our Super Bowl window with Aaron Rodgers. So if you think Aaron Rodgers has three, four good years left, make decisions that are that are worth three or four years, not not ten years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, does this Aaron Jones thing along down the line, six seven years, maybe mess something up? Yeah, maybe. But I think that the Green Bay Packers have a team to go win a Super Bowl. With Aaron Rodgers, with with a good and and playing at a high level, Aaron Rodgers, and so I think that you need to you know give him give him everything that he needs, and that's that's Aaron Jones, that's Devontae Adams, and that's going to find another receiver. Yeah, I think you said your best yourself, receiver, receiver, receiver. That is what we need. They'll draft one, don't you? Think? I, I think so. Yeah. I think so too in the first two rounds. But yeah. man, we need a receiver. It, it's no question that that is what we're we're lacking, and that's what Aaron Rodgers wants. We didn't do it last year. Aaron Rodgers won MVP without that receiver that we needed. We still had Devontae Adams, but we need a second guy because people are going to start covering, covering, covering Devontae Adams, especially after the year he just had. We need to find somebody. I hope we draft somebody, and maybe we'll sign somebody, but the cap space is not looking good for the Green Bay Packers. It's looking a little wonky, but we're talking about receivers. Juju Smith, he said uh, he's probably not staying with the Steelers. I I, I saw that today. Um, And, you know, if I'm Pittsburgh, I think that's probably a good move. You know, you got Deontay Johnson. You got Chase Claypool, um, James Washington. And, I mean, Juju's going to probably want more money than he's worth. But I think that a team will pay him that. I think that you could get a Jacksonville. I think Washington. Jacksonville's Uh, a good, good spot for him. I know. I Actually, dude, you're not going to believe this, but I saw a rumor today that Jacksonville was possibly trading DJ Chark to the Baltimore Ravens for uh, Orlando Brown to protect wow. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. So if that happens, that makes me think, okay, you know, because DJ Chark is pretty good. He's, yeah. he's an underrated guy. But that makes me think, okay, you know, you're getting a stud offensive lineman. And, you know, I always talk about how much cap space they have. That makes me think, you know, they're for sure 
going to go get a Kenny Galladay or a Juju Smith-Schuster mm-hmm. at, at receiver. And I'm surprised, too, that the Ravens, how they're handling this Orlando Brown situation, all he wants to do is play left tackle. And I, I know the yeah. Ravens have had that kind Didn't of they set. just draft him, too? Like, yeah. Like, in the last two years yeah, or so? And, yeah, and his father played for the Ravens. He played left tackle. That's what he wants. He wants to be like his father, Orlando Weird. Brown Sr., and they're not letting him do it. So he wants to go somewhere else just to play left tackle. He's not asking for more money. And, and of course, the left tackle market is big. Once you are a successful left tackle, you will get paid more because it is the hardest offensive line position to play. But he's not asking for money, more money now. He just wants to play left tackle. That's like that's like the high school or the Pop Warner receiver uh, that wants to play quarterback and the coaches won't let him. Yeah. Just, I'm going to go play for another team. And I mean, he is so big. <laughs> oh, and, I know. And I think Jacksonville is a great spot for him. Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence setting up to have this good Well, team. Trevor Lawrence, I mean, they, they, they have to build – an offensive line to protect, you know, their golden goose. Yeah, and we saw it with Cincinnati with Joe Burrow. I mean, yep. he was getting he was running around getting hit all game long, all season long before he got hurt. So an offensive lineman for a young quarterback is definitely a smart decision. Now, Hump, we're talking about free agency. The New England Patriots. Yep. They have made some big moves. Big Talk moves to me about today. that. And uh are we in signing Cam Newton? They signed Cam Newton to yep. a one year deal. What's this mean for the New England Patriots? Are, are we worried about them? Are they going to be back to the way they used to be? Well, the Cam Newton signing actually really surprised me because the episode before, I talked about how I thought that, that he wasn't going to be a Patriot and that he could possibly be uh, a Washington football team member. Yeah, which was uh, a great great option I, for him. Yeah, I felt like that. But, yeah, I mean, obviously Bill Belichick thinks highly of him. Um I just I just don't know that Cam can do it anymore. I want Cam to do it because I'm a Cam Newton fan, but it just looks painful when he throws. Like I just I can see the amount of hits he's taken on his body. But yeah, big day for the Patriots. You know who all they signed? Nelson Aguilar, John uh, Smith. Smith. They got uh, Matthew Judah uh, or Judon, excuse me, mm-hmm. uh, on the defensive line. You know, on the offensive line, they signed Trent Brown, and so you know they're looking to uh, to give Cam Newton help. I don't. I just. I just I don't know, Dalton. I don't I don't think that they have the firepower um, to beat the Buffalo Bills. Now remember, they did have a lot of COVID opt outs on yeah. the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. So we're probably gonna see a much improved New England Patriots team. Uh, and I I'm pretty interested to see what they're gonna do in the draft. Uh, you know, they take a quarterback. Uh, I've I've seen a lot of ties tied to Mac Jones, a lot of a lot of things saying Trey Lance. Ooh, I don't wow. I don't know. I don't know. Or they could take a receiver. I don't know. It just it just kind of depends what they're thinking. I don't think they have the firepower to, you know, top Buffalo, but I but I could see them being better than the Miami Dolphins next season. Yeah, Take I'm, the Jets out of it. Another receiver, you, you just mentioned the Jets. Nate Davis is signed with the Jets. A great receiver for Tennessee. You know, Corey he, Davis. Corey Davis. Yes. Not Nate Davis. Now, A.J. Brown, he is Tennessee's guy. Yes. But Corey Davis did a great job in he Tennessee. He had an awesome year last year. Tennessee, they they lost they lost Jonu Smith and Corey Davis, yep. two big-time players on their offense. Who'd uh, they sign? Bud Dupree yeah, from the linebacker. Steelers? Yep, that's a good pickup. That's so a, pickup. a lot of moves are being made. Uh, everything's developing. Another move that has not been made, and I feel like we need to update, is Deshaun Watson. Nothing has happened. No, no rumors. No. Looks like he's still staying with the Texans. Not his choice. They are refusing to trade him, so uh, we'll keep you updated on that. But right now, no movement for Deshaun Watson. Hopefully he finds his home. But enough of that. It is time for FCS Football and Hump. Before we talk about scores, 
Now the rankings came out, and I heard yeah. you got a little got a little beef with something that's going on. So, Hump, yeah. talk to the people about the rankings and uh, how you feel about it. Well, Dalton, um, you know the rankings came out today. The uh, stats perform top twenty five, and and you know it's kind of as as good as we've been so far. It, Monday morning is kind of a a fun deal for for us and the guys. You know, we we like to send around what some of the voters are saying, and then ultimately the the you know, compiled poll of all of their opinions comes out. And, you know, today we, we, we come in at seven, Sam Houston State. I'm a little disappointed. I was thinking, you know, Walk On Radio had us at four. I was thinking more realistically, you know, probably five, probably six. But my biggest, my biggest issue, Dalton, is James Madison at number one. Mm. And, and not only is that because they have not been impressive at all, um, in, in their first three games, but they didn't play last week because of COVID. They're not going to play this week because of COVID. And I heard they might not play next week because of COVID. Mm. And so that sucks. That, that, that's awful. I hate that their program is, is being, you know, put at halt because of that. But if you can't field a team, you can't be the number one team in the country. That's the way I look at it. Um, so saying that, and you know, our top two teams right now seem to be Weber State, North Dakota, yeah. Walk On Radio, and uh, and the stats poll kind of agree with that. So who would be your number one? Is it Weber State or is it North Dakota? I think. Uh, well, this this weekend's going to tell a lot, and we'll get to that uh, in regards to North Dakota. But you know, Weber State they had a close one. They had their first test this last weekend uh, to UC Davis. We'll, we'll Ooh, talk about that. It's the real deal. No, we'll talk about absolutely. That later. We'll, we'll talk about that. But they had their first test, uh, and it came right down to the wire. So we, at, you know, walk on radio. We actually bumped them, and 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 we had North Dakota listed at one. And I think they've just been. I think they've been the most consistent team top to bottom this far, the, thus far in this season. Yeah, I think they definitely deserve that number one. They're a great team overall, and uh, you know they've been close, but they haven't really seen the struggle. A lot of these other teams, James Madison hasn't played. Weber State struggled a little bit. James North- Madison benched their quarterback the Man. last game. They, they, they've already made Their quarterback backup quarterback switch. looks really good. Yeah, but I mean, are you the number one team in the country if, if, you, don't, if you don't know your quarterback situation through three games, and, and they have a cupcake schedule. They haven't played anyone even being close to ranked. Man, talking about quarterbacks getting benched, North Dakota State, backup quarterback is playing. Yeah. And they're really liking him. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Let's roll into some scores, and uh, let's talk about all of that. First off, Maine, the Black Bears, man. Of course they you come out one, now. You were one week late. They beat Albany 38-34. to The Great Danes fall short. And then the Battle of the Doggy Dogs. The Doggy oh, Dog Bowl. I know. I won I know. again. I know. Okay. At least it wasn't game of the week. To be, yeah, to be fair, we, we, we did a test. We picked. See if the plague was real. And finally you got one. Weaver State got the I win over UC Davis. I still think it's real because they almost lost. We're going to talk about that game. But Sanford, they get the win over Wofford, 37-31. to The Battle of the Doggy Dogs. It uh, goes to Sanford in a great game. The next up, North Dakota versus Western Illinois, 38-21. to Huff, talk to me about this game and how North Dakota's looking. You know, like I said, top to bottom, they've just been they've just been really good. Um, you know, I don't think Western Illinois is, you know, I don't think they're one of the tough opponents in that death conference of the Missouri Valley. Um, but again, you know, wins a win. You know, they've got a they've got a big one, probably the biggest one this weekend for oh. North Dakota, and we'll we'll talk yeah, about that. Yeah, especially for them. You know, maybe not no. for everybody else, but for them. Oh, big it's one. it's huge. It's I mean, it's. It's their Super Bowl, really, right now. But yeah, I just you know, like we said, I think that right now they're the most, 
at least they've shown to be the most complete team um, in, in the nation, just given their resume. And I, and I think that's why we have them as our number one team. Yeah, but let's got to put a little pause real quick, a little, little hold up, because something just happened yep. as we were talking. We're talking FCS football, but we have some breaking news. No, you know what? This could be actually an FCS football alert because <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick – a Harvard alumni, hmm. FCS football, there we go. has just signed a one-year deal with the Washington football team. We were just Good talking about him. you thinking, Cam, well, Good Ryan for him. Good now, for him. Let me see. Let me ask you this. Taylor Ryan Fitzpatrick? Yeah, I knew you were going to. Uh, you know, may, okay, maybe they're paying him $10 million to be a mentor. Yeah, and we saw what he did with two. And lose to the Cowboys. Oh. Uh, he can, dude, he's the best reliever. Yeah, in football. I mean, well, dude, the dude comes in and gets a job done. Man, pick him. Give me the Washington football team. <laughs> I hate that I have to root against him every week now because I, <laughs> I love Fitzmagic. I love him. I love Taylor Heineke, though. It, it could be a cool battle. FCS football quarterback. What school? Well, former FCS, Old Dominion. Ooh, they, 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 they're not FCS you. anymore, but they used to be. Look at you. I well, know, I breaking know. news, but we have some more action to get back into. Kennesaw State, they get the win over Charleston Ooh, Southern, 24-19. That one came down right to the wire. Kennesaw, man. Are they that good? I don't know. Are they that good? They, they can run that ball. Oh, it would be very interesting to see Kennesaw's running offense versus Sam Houston's front five defense. What a nice little matchup that would Ooh, be. I'm, I'm taking Sam Houston for of sure. Of course. Yeah. But a, a no, but even but even old as old school matchup. I think even as just, you know, non biased with with Sam Houston's front, you know, their defensive front with playing a triple option team, I just ooh. And, really and then, but then throw in the fact that Sam Houston offense can score out of nowhere oh, quickly. Very quickly. You can't a running team is gonna struggle you know, being able to keep up with, with that passing attack. Yeah, and, and other scores. And uh, what is going on here with the Virginia Military Institution? Mm. 41 to we, 14 we, Mercer. We kind of we got blasted on Twitter last week for not ranking them. And, you know, just like Chattanooga, we, you know, kind of politely replied, hey, do it again this week. Okay? And, wow. and and did they do that? VMI, they are slowly yeah. moving up. And uh, I remember making fun of them in the in the preview, like the Virginia Military <laughs> Institution. <laughs> Their uniforms are so ugly, they're really cool. Oh, I love them. Golly. They have red and gold, which is a terrible combination in my <laughs> mind. And then their helmet is like Vegas gold. It doesn't even match. I mean, it's it's the most VMI looking thing I've ever seen. Well, they are they're some contenders now. They are they're balling up. VMI versus Sam Houston State. Give me Virginia Military. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> and other scores. Could they be the best team in Virginia? James Madison is also in the state of Virginia. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I, I need little, to see a matchup little, right there. little battle of the Virginia Commonwealth, you know what I mean? And other scores. Oh, man, our fighting penguins. I, I, I they want... Have had, oh, okay, you keep talking about them. I'm going to pull up their, uh, their start of season schedule. Well, they played South Dakota State, and, man, they lost 19-17. to On a last second field goal. I, I want the Penguins to win so bad because every single game they have been in, they have fought, and they've had a tough schedule. Humph, talk to the people about this tough schedule. Um, okay, here is well, their schedule. Okay. Fighting Penguins. And, and do the scores, too, just to show that they're in this. First game. They open up with a 100-time defending national champion, <laughs> North Dakota State. They open up with that at the Fargo Dome, 25-7. to Okay, not bad. Not bad. Next game, they play Northern Iowa. Okay, 
Northern Iowa, who is preseason top five, they're now sitting at 10. They lose 21 to nothing, okay? Yeah, they didn't score, but it could have been a lot worse. The next week, they play Southern Illinois, okay? Might I remind you, that's the team that knocked off North Dakota State. Southern Illinois sits at five. Salukis. The Salukis sit at five in the country right now. They lose that one 30-22. The next week, they lose on a last-second field goal to current-ranked Sixth, South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Uh, and, and, what and, a schedule of death. And tell the tell the people what the next two games are right after that. South Dakota, okay, who Great team. who's who is who is pretty underrated, if you ask me. They just fell out of the rankings, but they've had a pretty pretty decent start to their season. And then they play North Dakota, who we think should be the number one team in the country. Wow. But this could Holy be a situation penguins. where the Penguins can ruin a North Dakota I hope they season. do. I hope, I hope that the Penguins play play spoiler uh, to all of the Missouri Valley Conference. Well, the Fighting Penguins, they, they're fighting their tail off. They, they haven't been destroyed yet. They've been fighting each game. They haven't won a game yet. But, man, I'm rooting for those Penguins. I know they're going to get it done. I don't know if I want them to ruin North Dakota season because I've been so high on them. But... If it's anybody, at least it's the Fighting Penguins. And other scores, Eastern Washington, they get the win over Idaho State, 46-42. to What a offensive matchup that was. Yeah, Eric Barrier, you know, he, he's definitely a Walter Payton uh, watch list guy. He got National Player of the Week, uh, stats F- FCS perform, and, you know, he's a good player. I think, with, I think with him, you know, I'll say this. I think Eastern Washington is down. I think that they're not as good as they've been in the past. But I think with him, a player like that, they're in any game, so you know I'm, I'm ready to see. I'm ready to see how they fare against Weber State uh, along down the road. We'll we'll see how that goes. Definitely going to be a pick 'em and a good matchup. Austin P. They get the win over Semo, 49 to 42 in that was, overtime. That was a fireworks game. Austin P. Man, a little wishy washy. Wishy washy. I, I want to like them, but but you know they've lost some. They've had some bad losses. Yeah. A team that is not wishy washy, and that is Delaware. Delaware the fighting. Yeah. Casey Keelers. Talk to me about Delaware and. Uh, should people be worried about them? Well, I know that in two games they've given them three points, and they've scored, um, I think, 70-ish, give or take. Man. But, yeah, I think people should be worried about them. I think that <sighs> Albany lost. Uh, you know, Albany beat New Hampshire. And so that kind of that kind of makes it Delaware and James Madison in that CAA conference. And the way James Madison is looking, give give me the blue hens. Mm, they beat Stony Brook 31-3. The fighting Joe Flacco's. Man. Fighting Ryan Cardis too. Fighting Ryan Cardis, absolutely. <laughs> uh, another score: Southern Illinois, the Fighting Salukis, one of our favorites. They beat you and I seventeen to sixteen. What a big win for Man, them! Man, are we? How do we feel about Northern Iowa? Well, are they, are they uh, in or they're, they're on out? the hot seat? They're on the hot seat. I don't think they're out yet. They, you know, their their two losses right now are against the number five team in the country and the number six team in the country. You know, they 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 still have to square square up against North Dakota State. Um, but you know, oh, and they and they have to play the number two team. Uh, did I say the state? I meant the nation. Yeah. Uh, the number five team in the nation, North Dakota State, and the number two team in the nation, North Dakota. So, I mean, that's a tough road. I don't think a three loss team gets in in this field this year. You know, maybe, but with the strength of schedule, if they if they dominate the back half of the season, there is a chance. You know, everybody loves the Missouri Valley, so you never oh, yeah. know. Oh yeah. Uh, another score is Lamar. They beat McNeese. Wow, what a good In game overtime. that was. Twenty-seven to twenty-six. Uh, McNeese, man, struggling so, yeah. this year. Dude, they 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 have found a way. They just, I don't I don't know who their identity is. You know, they come back and they beat Tarleton in in glorious fashion. 
and then they get smoked by Incarnate Word, you Man. know, and then they are about to beat Southeastern Louisiana, a team that we have high regards for, and Cody Ogeron fumbles inside the five to lose. Man, very uh, wishy-washy. Do you know how they lost this weekend? They go to overtime. They score in, in the first overtime. PAT is blocked. Oh. And then Lamar scores, wins the game. Wow. Wow. I think that's a, that was the first win for Lamar's new head coach. I know he uh, he coached at San Diego before here. He's really? very young, very good. Uh, I like to run the triple option, a little spread action. So uh, Lamar's a tough team. We're going to be playing them this week. We already talked about that. Uh, another score is, man, Villanova. They mm. finally dropped. Rhode mm. Island in mm. overtime, 40-37. to 37. What a good game. Villanova, are they out? <sighs> yeah. I, th- I think – you know, they, st- they still got to play Delaware. They still got to play New Hampshire. They still got to play Albany. Uh, I, just, I don't think it's going to happen because because they were they were sitting at fifth or sixth without even playing a game. That's what they were ranked without even playing a game. They win a close one week one, and then week two they lose to a non-ranked uh, Rhode Island, and they, they, they've dropped to 14. I just don't see it happening. Mm. Another score is Missouri State. They beat South Dakota 27-24, close matchup. South Dakota, they have a chance to ruin some people's season, but uh, I don't know if they're going to win the big one. Uh, UC Davis, they lose to Weber State. Now, this was a close close game. Very close game. Very close game. UC Davis, should we be worried about them? Uh, You know, I don't don't know that they're going to – I don't know that they're going to play any teams that are – you know, they can mess up. They just play Weber State, and I think that's going to be – the only team out of the Big Sky to make it, I, okay, Eastern Washington could make it. So I guess UC Davis, Eastern Washington, or perhaps UC Davis could make the playoffs. I guess as an at-large, but they're good. They're good. I think I think that that their performance against Weber State this week showed a lot. They, they you know they came up short, but they're definitely a team to keep an eye on. Yeah, Weber State keeping that number two spot by getting the win over UC Davis. Illinois State, man, we uh, we said they're out. Now they're really, really out. Definitely they lose out. to North Dakota State, twenty-one it close, to thirteen. Though. It was close. North Dakota State backup quarterback comes in. Uh, does he look any better? Should we be worried that maybe North Dakota State will be back with this new guy? Mm, we'll talk about it when we get to pick oh. him in a second. So you want to wait, or should I ask you North Dakota State versus the field now? Oh, I'm I'm I feel better about it than I ever have uh, about a statement that I made two months ago. Give me the field. Now, do you think they'll even be in the national championship game at all? No, I don't. Oof, that's gonna be weird. You want a hotter take? Give me the hot take. Well, I'll I'll say it. I'll say it. In, I'll say it in a little bit when uh, we pick the game. And other scores, Prairie View. They beat Grambling. It feels like first time in a while. Grambling. The Grambling, I've heard tough the, two weeks. The Yankees of their conference. They lose to Prairie View though. They <laughs> the drop Yankees. It. Of, I love that. Man, <laughs> and then finally Northwestern State. They lose to Sela twenty-seven to twenty-four. Couple blocked field goals. No, not a couple. A trio of blocked field goals. They they're kicking a field. I, I, I was watching it live. They're kicking a field goal for the win. Sela blocks it. They drive the field. Cole Kelly, obviously, the dude is a stud. They kick the easy chip shot and and uh, dodge dodge another bullet. You know they they escape McNeese, they escape Northwestern, they did not escape Sam Houston mm. State. But we've got a big one this weekend for old Sela. They they they've got a true test in Incarnate Word, I believe. Man, and Northwestern State, they they hung in with I, Nichols, they hung in with Sela. They are not a bad team not at all. Bad. No, I, I I'm 
they're wishy-washy. You know, they've obviously had a, a really, really tough start to their season in, in opponents. Uh, we'll see how they fare against the Incarnate Words, the McNeeses, and the Sam Houstons. But, you know, a lot, of, a lot of upside from that team, I think. Yeah, so those were our scores for this week. Finally, let's roll into our pick The first game we have up is Chattanooga versus Furman. Some really good teams. Chattanooga, we picked them a couple weeks ago or last pick. I picked them because I love Chattanooga. I love the name of them. But, Humph, who are you taking on this one? Chattanooga number 11 mm. and Furman number 13. Whoa. This is a big conference game. Close one. I mean, this is big. Chattanooga is undefeated. Does this decide the conference? Well, so Chattanooga is undefeated uh, in conference play. They've already beaten Wofford, a team that you know you and I had high regard for when the season started. Furman has a loss in conference play. So if Chattanooga wins this, I don't know. It's going to be between them and VMI. You know, they're, they're Ooh, yeah. VMI. I know. I know. We like VMI. It's it's going to be tough. But Chattanooga versus Furman. Give me Uh-oh. the Paladins of Furman, oh. the triple option monster. I'm taking wow. the purple-headed beast, the Paladins. What a great name. This is a great name matchup. you got the Mox versus the Paladins, mm. but I'm going the Paladins. Give me Furman in this one. Well, sorry, Furman. Uh, it looks like it's not happening for you because I'm going Chattanooga. I love it. First game difference. I love Pitt and Chattanooga just because of the name, but I think they're also a very good team. The triple option, man, it makes me nervous. It, it works, but when it doesn't work, it does not work at all. So Chattanooga, if they have a good disciplined defense, they could get it done, and I know their offense will be able to make some plays. So give me Chattanooga and, wow, already, already. picking different teams. I, honestly, when you guys see uh, our – our schedule of picks this week, you, you're not going to be surprised when we have some differences because there are some stellar games this weekend. The next game up, we have the battle of the Sam Houston State coaches. We have Coach Keeler in Delaware versus Coach Cardi in New Hampshire. Now, Ooh. Coach Cardi did play for Delaware, but he coached in New Hampshire. That's what he's known for. So, Humph, who are we taking, Delaware or New Hampshire? The Keeler-Cardi Bowl. I like it. Mm. Whew, man, I just I, I'm gonna have a hard time picking against the Blue Hinge right now. What they've shown, I don't think they've played you know anybody crazy. I think that New Hampshire will be the best team they've played so far. Uh, New Hampshire, you know, they had every opportunity to beat Albany week one. They they didn't do so. Uh, so they're you know their their backs are against the wall as far as an at large standpoint goes. You know, Delaware they they've broken in you know up in the rankings last week they were 19. This week they're 12. And they look really good. So give me the fighting blue hens in this one. Man, backs against the wall. A great story. You know, man, you know I got to do it. You're going to do it? I'm not going to do oh. it. Delaware looks really good. They look very strong. Uh, I, uh, New Hampshire looks good. but Your defense is stout, I think. They couldn't get the job done against the Great Danes, and I picked them against them. So I'm going to do it again. The Blue Hands are going to get this win. Coach Keeler you know, and Coach Cardi. But Coach Keeler gets the one up on the, on the Keeler-Cardi Bowl. And uh, the Blue Hens will win this game. The next up we have, man, our VMI, our Virginia Military Institution versus Sanford, the winner of the Battle of the Doggy Dogs. So, Humph, are you sticking with our boys, our team, the institution, or are you going with Sanford? This is tough. This I, Honestly, uh, of, of the whole week, I think I struggled with this one the most. Um, you know, Sanford, they've kind of been wishy-washy. They've beaten good teams. They've lost to teams that I didn't think were as good as them. Um, Virginia Military Institute. I'd be lying if I said I've seen them play this year. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Just think of the Vegas Gold helmets. Oh, I've seen the pictures, and they are atrocious. It, it might be the worst uniforms in college football. 
But for that, and just for the name, and just for the Twitter slander, give me the cadets. Oh. Give me the cadets. I'm picking them. I like Sanford. You know, they had a huge win last week against Wofford. I picked Wofford. I was wrong in the doggy dog bowl. But give me the cadets here. What do you got, Dalton? Man, I love me some Virginia military football. Big Virgi- Virginia military if guy. If I had to list my top three favorite teams, Sam Houston, <laughs> the Salukis, and Virginia Military Institution, give me VMI. Oh, man. Sanford's a good team, but VMI is having this dream season that no one's ever heard of. I- I've seen tweets saying, who is VMI? Why are they so good? It's because they're, they are my favorite team. I'm giving them I'll all my good love. I'll make run. Whatever, no matter how many pickums you put them in, I will pick VMI no matter what. <laughs> this is a, it is going to be VMI versus Sam Houston National Championship spring season. I love it. VMI gets the win over Sanford in a great game. Next up, oh, man, this is a tough one. South Dakota State University Ooh. versus the Southern Illinois man. Saluki. Salukis, man. some dream killers, beat North Dakota State, broke the streak. But South Dakota State University, great team, always been a great team. This is a really, really tough one. Humph. And, and the Salukis a little wishy-washy. They, they beat North Dakota State, and they lose, then they win, then they lose, and they win. And South Dakota State, they've lost some bad ones, but they're also a great team. Humph. Go ahead. Man, five versus six. Man, both one loss. You know, you're, you're fighting for fighting for those at-large bids. You know, possibly still a conference championship. You know, you don't know what North Dakota is going to do. One loss definitely keeps you in the conversation of winning the conference of death. I, I also want to remind you that it seems that ninety percent of our fan base are Jackrabbit fans. I just want to oh my goodness, just wanted to no throw that kidding. out there before yeah. you make your pick. Yeah, well, here, here, here's here's the deal. Here's the deal. This game means a lot, uh, not only because in the landscape of, of FCS football, this is just a huge game, five versus six. This is this is what you play for. But it's big for Sam Houston State, you know. They're, they're both ahead of Sam Houston State sitting at seven. So if Sam Houston State take care of business this weekend against Lamar, you would have to figure that the loser of this game is going to drop out of that five-six spot. Sam Houston would bump up. I'm just, you know, that's just how it works. You know, when you lose, when you win, you go up. When you lose, you go down. But this is a big one. This is a big one. Can the Salukis prove that they're legit? Uh, They have as good of a resume as as anybody this season. But South Dakota State, can they prove that they are, you know, one of the top dogs that a lot of people thought they were when they started the season? I'm taking the true freshman quarterback – at South Dakota State. I'm taking the Jackrabbits here. I think that they have that been there, done that mentality as far as deep playoff runs go. The Salukis, you know, they have a lot of promise. They have a lot of upside, and their ceiling is is really tall. But I don't think that the Salukis get it done this week. Give me the Jackrabbits. Now, do you think whoever wins this game or whoever loses this game will be eliminated from playoff contention? No, not with two losses. Uh, I, I, I don't think so. Um... Now, with that being said, having two losses this early in the season is tough because of their remaining schedule, I assume. In, in that conference of death, the Missouri Valley, you know, you're, you're going to have to beat some highly ranked opponents. And so, you know, Southern Illinois, they've already played the, the two North Dakotas. And I think South Dakota State has played, let's see, Northern Iowa and North Dakota. So they've still got – they both have tough teams that they'll have to play. So whoever can win this is is sitting in a good spot, and whoever loses will have their back against the wall. 
Well, Humph, let me tell you something. There I, I are, mean, I know who you're picking. You you already told me who your three favorite teams in the country are. There are Make three the pick. things guaranteed in life. Death, taxes, and Dalton picking the Saluki. Love it, baby. I, Love I, it. I ride with my Saluki. Sorry, Jackrabbit fans. These are two great teams, and they both had really low-scoring matchups. You know, South Dakota State, they beat Youngston State. The Fighting Penguins, 19-17, low-scoring matchup. And then uh, you and I, they are lost to the Saluki, 17-16. to So two really good defensive teams, but I will always pick my Salukis. Sam Houston State. Salukis, VMI. So, of course, I'm sticking with the Salukis. I love it. This is going to be a really fun matchup. That's going to be a game of the week for us for sure. Uh, And the next matchup, because we have another game of the week, but that's the last. That's a big big game. That's a big one. The next matchup is a big Southland Conference game. It is Sela versus UIW, Incarnate Word. Incarnate Word has not lost a game yet. They're still up there with Sam Houston trying to get that Southland title. And Sela, even though they have lost to us in the beginning – they still have won two games in a row, but they have kind of scraped through, barely won. Great quarterback. UIW has a great defense. Humph, who are you taking? This one, this one's obviously, you know, it has a lot of implications on on what our season looks like as the Bearcats go. But I mean, it's it's at Incarnate Word, which which really concerns me. You know, Incarnate Word, they haven't really played a, a tough foe yet. Um, they're undefeated though. Sela, like you said, they've scraped by. They lost to a really talented Sam Houston State team. But, Dalton, we're going to find out is Incarnate Word, is the bird the word? Mm. That's That was Good catchy. One. Good one. Thank you. Put on a t-shirt. Is, is, is the bird the word, okay? You know, is, is Incarnate Word what we think they could be? I think the answer is no. I, I'm going to go the Lions here. I'm going Cole Kelly. I'm going their two stud receivers. I'm going their... Indiana transfer running back. I just think they have a lot of firepower on offense. Uh, Cameron Ward, the freshman quarterback out of Incarnate Word, is tearing it up. But I am going to take the Lions here. I think that I think that they're going to you know catapult themselves into possibly that second best team in the Southland Conference. We'll see what we'll see what Nichols does. But uh, you know, I, I'm I. It wouldn't surprise me, I guess, if Incarnate won this game, but I, I feel pretty strongly that Southeastern is going to win it. Yeah, I'm going Sela as well, man. It's just it's hard not to pick them when we had to watch what they did to our defense, and we have one of the best defense in the country. And the fact that, that quarterback was getting sacked by two of our best defensive linemen and was still able to make passes because how big he was, I know what he could do. And uh, Incarnate Ward's defense is really good, but I just don't think they're going to be able to stop Sela's offense. Their receivers are explosive very quick, and that quarterback is a big boy. Um, and it would help if I saw Incarnate Ward on, in person, but we had the winter storm that postponed that game until the last game of the season. So, unfortunately, haven't been able to see them in person, so i got to go with Sela. They are just really strong, and uh, I think they are the second-best team in the South of the Conference. Really? You, so, so right now, uh, if, if I gave you Nichols versus Sela at a neutral side, we won't make either team a home team. Who would you pick? You and pick I, I gotta go with Sela, and, and you know, and is that is that because of how they played us yeah, compared I to think, how Nichols played us? I think it's Sela's offense versus Nichols' defense, and we put in, and of course, we don't know what happened, but we put seventy-one points on that defense. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Sela put forty points on us. Yeah. So obviously, if you do, if you add all the math together, Sheila has to be able to beat Nichols. Well, and that that's going to be the last game of the season for those two teams, and I really think that that has the potential to be 
a playoff playing game, you know, to get that second spot in the Southland Conference. If Sam Houston takes care of business the rest of the season and goes six and zero, oh, I think that Sela and Nichols, the winner of that, could be five and one and get a playoff spot. Yeah, and especially too with this game, with Incarnate Word being undefeated, a little biasly for the Sam Houston State Bearcats. You know, we need everybody to get as many losses as we can. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Having Sela having a loss to us, you know, we kind of want them to beat Incarnate Word, give and, them a loss, and we beat Sela. Sela's ranked. Incarnate Words ranked strength of schedule. I mean, yeah. that's just that's just how, that's the it, nature. It of helps it. everything out. So uh, we're both going with the lines. We think it's they play be at two o'clock, so we'll get to watch it because ah, we play at six. So that'll that'll be good for the bus ride. Going to be a fun one. It's going to be a really interesting matchup. But then finally, we have the main event of the evening: Boom. the heavyweight bout. Boom. This is the battle of the North Dakota North Dakota versus North Dakota State. This is North Dakota Fighting Hawks' chance to finally show themselves that they are not the little brother anymore. They're facing the Bison, who have struggled this year, have a new quarterback in the backfield, and they're, they're still the Bison, but maybe not the eight-peat Bison that they've been. So, Humph, you take the Fighting Hawks, you taking the old man, the Bison. Let me, let me ask you this, Dalton. Does this game change the course of the future for the state of North Dakota football? Recruiting, you know, you talked about North Dakota not being the, the little brother anymore. Does, does this game have bigger implications than just this game? Man, I don't know because it's been this weird COVID-19 spring season. And mm-hmm. you, we've, we've always talked about, you said it best yourself, North Dakota State wins the spring, they're going to win forever. But, you know, on the other side of that, you know, they can always say, well, we had a weird season. We, had, we lost Trey Lance right before the season. There's a lot of things they can say. So would I need to see another North Dakota win in the fall? Probably. But this is big time for North Dakota. This is your chance to show themselves and to prove themselves. So, you know, I think any game against the Bison, you want to get the win. And look at the Salukis. They beat North Dakota State, and they bumped them up way high, probably higher than they thought they would be. So I think this is big time. I don't think this changes for the future just because this is a weird season, but I think it's a good path. Hump, what do you think? Here's the deal, Dalton. I agree with you. I don't think it changes the future. I think North Dakota State has shown that they are they're the dynasty of this level. They're 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 far better than anything Alabama is at the FBS level, relatively speaking. So I, I don't think that it changes the future. But it drastically changes now. Yeah. This is if North Dakota wins this game against their big brother, North Dakota State. I predict they finish number one in the nation going into the playoffs. Okay. If North Dakota State wins this game, maybe maybe we jumped on the North Dakota State is is down bandwagon too quickly. Do you think this will this game could bump North Dakota State back up to number one? And where would North Dakota that's fall tough. if they lose? That's tough. That that's a great question. I don't think it bumps them up to one, but it definitely solidifies their top five status, which I think right now is they're not deserving of being a top five team. It's tough because here's the deal. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna make my pick and then I'm gonna say this. Mm-hmm. And I told you that I had a hot take coming, and, and this is what it is. I'm taking North Dakota, okay. Okay. And and with that, I'm I'm taking North Dakota, but but also with that, North Dakota State will not make the spring playoffs this wow. year. They will not make there the playoffs. It is. They lose to North Dakota. They already lost to Southern Illinois. They would still have to play Northern Iowa. They'd still have to play South Dakota State. And and I just I just don't think they can run that table. Um and 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 
you know, I just don't think that they can be an at-large team with the resume that they're going to end with if they lose this weekend. Do you think this loss will bump them out of the top ten? Yes. They, I, to me, I mean, to me, they should be like nine or ten right now, mm-hmm. not not where they're at. So yes, I think this loss absolutely bumps them outside of the top ten. And I think that I think that if North Dakota wins, I think that they will be next week, especially with James Madison not playing. Uh, I think that North Dakota State will be the number one team in the country if they win. Wow. Well, big hot take. It's going to be yep. – it will be really weird to not see green and gold in the playoffs, especially in the national championship picture. But you said it. No North Dakota State in the playoffs. I agree with you, though. I'm going North Dakota, the Fighting Hawks, to win this game. So are you with me? Do you, do you think that there's a shot that North Dakota State doesn't make the playoffs? I don't know because you and I does not look very good. South Dakota State, a little wishy-washy. And the Salukis are wishy-washy. And I love my Salukis, but, man, they they – they lose some and they win some. So I could see them maybe dropping a couple in North Dakota State, maybe sliding in. And then once the playoffs come, maybe they're a, wholly, uh, a completely different team. We've seen them in the playoffs. They dominate. So I, th- I think they will slide in. I don't think it's going to be as uh, as normal where they're the number one. But uh, I think they might slide in. I think North Dakota will be the number one team by the end of uh, the regular season. You know, maybe depending if Sam, how good we play, we could, could be Sam up Houston. there too. Yeah. But North Dakota will definitely be a top three team. Uh, they're just so complete. Their defense is so good. The how they turn over the ball on defense is so good. Their quarterback, their running back, they are a complete team right now. So I'm going North Dakota to win this game, and I think they definitely will be a top three team in the country. And you know, maybe behind Sam Houston State, we'll have to see when we get there. We're going to be hoping for that. So Hump, do you have anything else before we close out this episode? Right this second today, Dalton, if you had to decide, not based off today, based off of what you think will, will, will transpire at the end of this, the regular season, who would be your top four seeds going into the playoffs? Right now, man. Um, so North Dakota, uh, I'm, and this is not in order. I don't know. Okay. But North Dakota, Sam Houston, Weber State, and man, I don't – it's hard putting James Madison in there, but because they they played poorly, I don't know, man. You know, there, there's the Delawares that they played really good. The Salukis, I love my Salukis. I don't know. I I don't. I think the. I think you know. I did it with FBS where I had that fourth spot to be open. Mm-hmm. I think North Dakota, Sam Houston, Weber State, and a fourth. You know, it could be a couple different options. A North Dakota State, a James Madison, a Salukis. I'm not sure that fourth spot is kind of open right now. Hunt, yep. Do you have any idea? I, I agree with your three. I'll go North Dakota, Sam Houston State, and Weber. I and you know this goes this goes against everything I said previously, but I'll go James Madison. I think they have a very easy schedule. I think that their name alone is worth being a top four seed, and I think they'll go undefeated. Uh, but hot take: they will not. They will not play in the national championship. We will have a North Dakota State. And James Madisonless national championship this spring. Man, it, you heard it here first. A North Dakota Sam Houston national championship that'd Ooh, be pretty cool. That would be cool. A VMI cool. Sam Houston State, a <laughs> VMI cool. Saluki national championship. <laughs> that'd be the Dalton Bowl right there. But Hump, any final final words before we end this episode? A great week of FCS football and some great pickums. Nope, Dalton. It was it was a fun episode. This last weekend was great. It was one that. I will remember for the rest of my life what a big win for Dalton and I for the Bearcats. You know, just I hope that we can hope that we can keep it rolling uh, at Sam Houston State. I hope that you know FCS football keeps it rolling like it's been because you know this month of of spring football really 
has exceeded any expectations that anyone had. I mean, it's it's truly been truly been special. Yeah, we have some great games coming up, and uh, of course, Sam Houston, we've got a big game coming up. We will review everything, we will talk about it, and we will see you next episode. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.